Wristing the puck around. Luna kept it away from the Villiers. Now Bailey over for the Islanders. Now off a giveaway and score! Anthony Bavillier sends the Islanders down to Tampa for Game 7 on Friday night. Minus 3 with Dave Damashek. Yes! Good times, apparently, for those who root for the Islanders up on the island. Hi and hello and welcome to the newest episode here of Minus 3 presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make sure you check out uh, all our work there. Follow along on social media at Minus 3 Pod. And uh, if you're going to be putting a little something on the game, whatever game that may be, make sure you do it. Help out your pals here. FanDuel.com slash Minus 3. It's the word minus the number three and... With all that said, let's say hello to our main man, Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? How are you? We know you have a bad knee surgery upcoming. We're sorry. Oh, my God. My meniscus tear is so much worse than Joel Embiid's, but my shooting percentage is still way better in the second half. Well, Uh, (laughs) it's funny you bring that up. I do want to get in on the atrocity and the and the paradox of some of the world's greatest athletes not doing something that's pretty rudimentary to playing basketball, which is making an uncontested 15-foot shot. I want to talk to you about the nature of free throws and how to explain if there is any, any ability to do it, um, making free throws. But from your meniscus to our mensch, uh, Cousin Sal, our boss, our leader, and I call him a mensch here because as you hear that Islanders goal, goal you know by now that the islanders have advanced to game seven against the tampa bay lightning and by the way we still have upcoming here to figure out some stuff with tom brady kevin hench's uh, former idol um we have to give you our best bets here but i do want to take a second to tip our cap cap not necessarily to the islanders because of course it was very exciting yes it was a once in a lifetime event i imagine for islanders fans to see their team rally down two goals to pull it out in overtime exhilarating stuff but of course none of it happens if not for the ongoing filth that the islanders are perpetrating now three rounds into these nhl playoffs i i okay we'll get into that but i want to say sal as we wrap up extra points on wednesday says hey mikey meatballs and uh, you and the parlay kid are going to the game tonight. I just bought you guys tickets. And they were not just any tickets. They were right there at center red, about uh, three rows up, about as good a seats as you could have. Um, They're the only seats in the house that could actually see Mayfield's filthy cross-check on Kucherov. That's how close to the ice they were because it was kind of buried in the corner. They were like, oh, good. Our Islanders hurt yet another indispensable player on the other team. Fantastic. And if you don't think, and if you don't think, for anyone who is cynical about the idea about professional athletes being role models, look no further than what happened on Wednesday night. After watching three rounds, nay, many months worth of just abject filth to try to make up for the um, skill gap that they have when they play actually talented teams like the Bruins and the Lightning and the Pittsburgh Penguins, they have to make up for it with brute force. 
felonious behavior. They these guys were so close to the ice last night that when they threw their um, 16 ounce beers on the ice, it wouldn't actually have even killed anybody. That's how close they were. It would have merely maimed the closest islander. What the hell was that? But I guess, like I say, if if you're watching your heroes in blue and orange do it all the time, it's like. All bets are off. I guess we're supposed to be trying to hurt each other. Let's throw beers at people. But yes, I mean, of course, it's crazy. Of course, none of this happens if Kucherov doesn't take a, a blatantly filthy cross check in the early going of the game. And then wouldn't you know it that Mayfield goes on to score a beauty, by the way, to tie the game in the third period. How say you, Hench? What are we supposed to say well, about any of this? I, 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 I'm very conflicted about these Islanders because I'm I'm. Rooting against these Islanders, I feel like is is a little, and I know the filth is is unpleasant, but it it feels like you're rooting you're rooting against you're rooting for Kentucky against Texas Western. Like mm-hmm. we, clearly, the Islanders are huge underdogs in these series, as Vegas uh, is is told us, and uh, and and the way they play with relentless effort, layers, 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 just. Four check, four check. They get so many goals off turnovers coming out of the zone, as you well know. Um, and it's like if they hadn't dispensed with my team, I suspect as a neutral, I would be rooting for these guys against the hated Lightning, who I also hate, who have also beaten the Bruins in the playoffs recently. And and yet I find myself like I keep getting close to rooting for the Islanders. And then Mayfield, two hands, Kucherov in the kidney. There's no penalty. But uh, but I al- I also think this, to, and back me up here. If Barry Trotz had eight hours to learn the rules of basketball, he'd be a better coach than Mike Budenholzer. Like, how, like the <laughs> NBA coaches are so terrible. And Barry Trotz is a sorcerer. Like, he's got – you've got a lesser team. And every round – the Islanders gave up 12 consecutive goals and Barry Trotz has them 60 minutes away from the Stanley Cup finals. He's he's unbelievable that the, all the those I mean, he you know, the pairings that sending out his line for that line matching up like he's just playing a different sport, I feel, and getting the most out of that roster. Budenholzer. OK, <laughs> Brooke Lopez didn't know the shot clock was about to expire. Like, what kind of play have you drawn up against the Nets where the you the, whoever catches the inbounds has to shoot the ball? Brooke Lopez catches it in the corner and just gently lobs it out to like what does who does not know the situation coming out of that timeout? Then game one against the Hawks, Drew Holiday does the exact same thing. You've got the ball, the buzzer's about to sound. You have to, it might be a bad shot. It might hurt your percentage. But the one thing you can't do is pass the ball to nobody as the buzzer sounds. It's like, is this a Budenholzer special? Like, is it like, does his team not know the situation? And by the way, I mean, that Pat Connington, Pat Connington fucking air ball where you're like, okay, here are our options in order. Uh, Pat Connington has to be, seven out of five uh in, in that situation he's already 0 for three uh and and he heaves up an air ball that is both short and wide left uh you know looked could it like art was that an alley-oop what was that, was that so so i don't know budenholzer to me uh, pages stoyakovich thought he choked 
that's that that's one for the oldies out there. Spaghetti yeah. before you were alive, Page yeah. airballed one from about 17 feet with the with I, the Western Conference Finals. The NBA in. coaching, and I will get into it, but like I, the NBA coaching is so bad, and and what Barry Trotz and uh, Dominic Ducharme are doing in the NHL is I know uh, I know the clutch and grab is not your favorite version of hockey, but uh, it's terrible. Well, of course, it's a, who, whose favorite is it? I mean, the, it, it's terrible for everybody. I well, I I say that it is officially worse. That the trap is worse than what Belichick did. Belichick solved football on some level that nobody was able to but as we see Matt Patricia and otherwise go out into the football world it's not um for whatever reason it's not repeatable and maybe the answer is as simple as Tom Brady isn't the QB but it seems like it's more complicated than that the neutral zone trap is transferable as we've seen for 25 years which is why I consistently say the Devils in 95 winning that cup damaged the sport in a way that is much worse than any other championship has ever hurt another major sport um it all stinks but because i'm an empath i'm happy for mikey meatballs i'm happy for the entire iacono family that still roots for the islanders uh pk and uh um and otherwise listen good for nick santora good for the islanders it's just unsatisfying to watch well it is interesting um that there is such a cheat code for NHL hockey that just is not available in the NFL. However, what we're learning in baseball with some of the disparity in performances with spider tech versus no spider tech, definitely a cheat code in baseball. And then these NBA playoffs are basically an exercise in uh, who can execute the cheat code of fooling the referee better? Like these games come down to uh, I'm obviously going to pretend like I got fouled on every on every three pointer. Um, I'll kick the defender and then you'll fall for it and I'll get three free throws on a terrible shot in an unnatural shooting motion or uh, Paul George you know, hooking his arm, like hook your arm around the defender and then fall to the floor and they'll fall for that. It's just all uh, Patrick Beverly gets grazed. And then, and then he, he waits a half a beat and goes, wait a minute, I'm going to snap my head back uh, a half a beat after the contact as if the contact caused my head to snap back, fall for it. They just fall for it over and over again because guys are flopping like crazy. So that's a cheat code for the NBA. Neutral zone trap, cheat code for the NHL. Spider tack, cheat code for Major League Baseball, which brings us back to the sport we love more than all the others, football. All right, let's talk football. We have, I, you know what? I do want to talk baseball, actually, and uh, specifically Wander Franco, the phenom um, for Tampa Bay down there with the Rays. And... Eddie Spaghetti raises a good question or or makes a good point about it in the context of Kevin Hench, the diehard Boston Red Sox fan. We're at the dawn of something that's fun objectively. Oh, a good, exciting, um, you know, inhuman bat speed kid now. I don't like watching him play in the Dome in the Tampa St. Pete area. I mean, we, we, we must put an end to 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 the existence of that team or move them into a more aesthetically pleasing stadium. At least that's the issue, by the way, with the Islanders versus Tampa, I have no one to root for in that one because I can't stand the Islanders for the 
the emotional pain that they've inflicted upon me and my family over the decades. But then again, when the Lightning score a goal, half the crowd doesn't stand up in the in in their home arena. I mean, it's like you know, at least the Islanders fans care. At least there's some well, some visceral passion hold coming on. through my TV screen here. Not in Tampa, though. Hold on, it is Florida. Are we sure they can stand up? <laughs> what they got the 19 in them? You mean? No, they they're uh, they're 87 years old. Which oh right, well yeah, well that's part of it. Yes, I didn't. Yeah, or maybe it's a, it's a combo of the two things. All right, well I, I do want to talk about uh, Wander. I want to talk about uh, Tommy Boy Brady here, but let's uh, let's take care of business here and do our best bets for the weekend. Like I said at the top there, FanDuel.com slash minus three is how you uh, join in on the fun here. Fade us, join us. The choice is yours. Kevin Hench, start us off. Wander is a good description of how you got us to this segment. We just wandered. <laughs> we just wandered through five topics. And they were like, what have I told you? I'm Coltrane. I'm the Coltrane of sports podcasting. We have Look, one thing I, I know where the, We have one I, obligation. At the Eddie Spaghetti show. is our... Ri- Eddie Spaghetti's got that stand-up bass. Eddie Spaghetti's the stand-up bass. He's providing the rhythm line for us. You and me, we're we're the soloists. We're going way far away from the bass line. Don't worry, we'll get back home. Don't worry. 17-minute John Coltrane solo before we get to (laughs) our best bets. Okay. It's a love supreme. Let's go. Sports. uh, Hit it. We got to talk about this game seven, obviously, uh, with two teams. I I, I mean, I guess I disagree a little um, with, you know, we're emotionally wounded, so we're not objective. But like, you know, two down two zip game six, probably the last game in the barn. Uh, you've given up 12 consecutive goals to the defending Stanley Cup champions. It's crazy to tie that game and win it in overtime. Like that is just, that is a level of intestinal fortitude and resilience. We we have to tip our cap to the Islanders. So first bet. Also, first, when you take their the, the other team's best player off the ice at the very start of the game, that also helps. But It okay. does help. And to that point, whether whether it is a, no Kucherov in Game Seven or a diminished Kucherov in Game Seven, here's my best bet of the week: Braden Point under half a goal. The streak ends. The streak ends. It's not possible. He's not scoring again. So, and this number has actually gotten very attractive. He scored so regularly, nine straight, that you're not going to be. He scores fewer than half a goal a game in his career. So if you're getting basically even money to bet against the guy scoring the goal, that's a good bet. So number one bet, Braden Point is not going to score in game seven. I like that one. You you literally stole my thunder on that lightning because that was exactly where I was leaning there. But I'll tell you what I think the game result's going to be there. But go ahead. And then and then as I as I predicted correctly last week with with, as it pertained to game four. uh, Now that was in the barn. But one team's playing with house money in game seven. One team is, is starting to pucker a little bit. The other streak, in addition to Braden Point's goal-scoring streak that comes to an end, Vasilevsky 12-0 in his career after a loss. That streak also comes to an end. And the Islanders silence 
Oh, wait a minute. They're already silent. They're in Tampa Bay. They don't give a shit about hockey. But they silence the handful of people who give a shit about hockey in Tampa Bay. And the Islanders advance to what is looming as the most boring Stanley Cup finals of all time. Uh, But so I like the Islanders in game seven. And then the NBA, I've been murdered as many people have in this this NBA postseason. But I do think the Bucs cover in game two i think it's the it's the hawks we did what we came here to do game i i do not know how not having deandre hunter and bogdanovich playing on one leg has no impact on the hawks eventually this has to matter and my guy bobby portis was finally freed in game one and and did played very well 11.8 rebounds in limited minutes so uh, I do like the the Bucks to to cover uh, what right now is seven and a half. I like those. I, I do want want. Uh, I don't want to get into the legal talk here um, or the criminal charges. It's not murder exactly. It's it's a it's really manslaughter what Patrick Beverly's doing. I mean, I, I don't think in a court of law you'd be able to charge him even with murder three. Um, I will say, all right, I like you. I, I like a lot the Braden Point one, but of course, if you're standing at the craps table in Vegas or otherwise, of course you you, you got to ride it, but. I have no rooting interest with the, with the lightning. Where and at some point this has to end. Braden Point is as handsy as it gets, but how many times is he going to score a goal in a Stanley Cup playoff game? So I'm with you on that one. I like the lightning. These things kind of track like Super Bowls or otherwise. When one side um, finds themselves down, things can get off the rails a little bit. I bet you that this happens in game seven i'm gonna take the lightning the higher skill team a guy i'm with you completely about that they're puckering but i think that the filth uh at the expense of kucherov is a rallying point to some degree not that the lightning needed going into a game seven as they chase their second straight cup but if they're looking to rally and circle the wagons and all that kind of uh that kind of uh talk i think that they, they will be able to do it. I think that the Islanders had their party on Wednesday night. I think the Lightning advance. And in fact, I think that it's not particularly close. Give me the Lightning minus a goal and a half plus 168. Um, and I will also go with, you want to talk about Loco here. Sal on Wednesday picked the bum Texas Rangers. And that turned out to be correct. So I'm going to follow that lead there. And boy, there are some really historically atrocious baseball teams in 2021, including the Pittsburgh Pirates. On Saturday, Adam Wainwright, quietly, not a very good team either, the St. Louis Cardinals, hosting JT Brubaker's Pirates. Um, Two bad teams, but two pitchers who of late in their respective last three starts have um, come close to or crossed the threshold of what's considered a quality start. I think that this means two mediocre to very bad baseball teams hooking up. Go under. I think you'll probably see it. We don't have the number yet. I would expect that you'll see it under eight and a half. That's good enough for me who's going to um, produce runs against two relatively decent pitchers there. Those are, uh, those are my best bets for the weekend. Spaghetti, uh, I'll say you. Before, before you jump in, Spaghetti, uh, I'll tell you this. You know what the Lightning would rather have than the rallying cry of Kucherov getting cheap-shotted? A healthy Kucherov. They'd rather have you know, <laughs> the rallying cry is nice. Let's rally around our guy. Or we just could have the league MVP – who, by the way, 
who misses a whole season and doesn't miss a beat when he comes back? Like he's been unbelievable. It's so crazy. There are, there is a lot of like, well, there's justice served here. Like, I don't know. I don't know if ball don't lie, but I feel like we're about, we, we found that out. In fact, with the all time bizarre call against Paul that, that went in favor of the clips. Um, and against Devin Booker. Yeah, Booker had, yeah, about, I, Booker had about five terrible calls against him in one game. No, I mean, it, it, it was terrible. And, 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 of course, Paul George promptly missed both free throws, proving that ball don't lie. Does puck lie? That is what we are about to find out. But then again, there are a lot of people who are saying, this is just to serve because Kucherov shouldn't be allowed to play right now. Anyhow, um, interesting. And you say... They would like the rallying cry of Kucherov. I think they would settle for a rallying cry from the home crowd. But instead, most at least half or two thirds of the people in attendance will be like, which one is ours? Which which team in blue? Which uh, the team that got the orange trim or the the other one? OK, go our team. That's about the, the extent of the enthusiasm you'll get down in the Tampa St. Pete area. Eddie Spaghetti, lay it on us. Best bets for the weekend. Well, I'm going to go all NHL here. But but before I do, I feel like I should be giving at least MLB home run picks because it's getting weird now. It's, true. it's getting really weird now that I, I said Wander Franco and he, he went yard. I did give Sal on Tuesday uh, for the Tuesday dinger, Gary Sanchez. I thought he had a chance of playing. I know Garrett Cole was pitching and usually Higgy catches for Garrett Cole. I thought maybe he'd play DH because he's been on fire lately. Well, what goes and happens is the Yankees play uh, last night. Gary Sanchez hits a home run. Right now, at the time of this recording, 12-12 Pacific. Gary Sanchez just hit a three-run home run. So he's been on fire. So I've been pretty good with those baseball picks. But like I said, let's go NHL here. Um, I... Love the Islanders in this game plus a goal and a half. I think hmm. right now they have the momentum. Uh, I, you know, I did say this series is going to go seven games. I thought the Lightning would win the game. I'm still not entirely sure who I think is going to win, but I think it's going to be a one goal game uh, regardless of that. Uh, you know, when you have the momentum after an overtime win plus losing uh, the the best player on the other team and Kucherov or arguably one of the best players on the other team. I, I think the Isles have the momentum here. I also like the under. Uh, right now it sits at five. I think the term I like using is they're going to play with, like, you know, tight buttholes. They're not going to want to make any mistakes. It's going to be a very conservative game. They're going to rely on Varlamov and a good defensive effort, which they did have in game six. I mean, up to a certain point, the Islanders, the Islanders were out shooting them by, like, like seven or eight shots. Uh, I got kind of closer at the end of the third period, uh, but they, they were playing arguably their best game of the series I thought defensively uh the Islanders so I like that and in terms of player props to add uh just looking at ice time especially with uh the injury to Kucherov which I don't know if he's going to play it doesn't Cooper doesn't seem like he's too confident I know some of the NBC analysts were saying that if he even was 50 percent healthy he would have come back out in game six, so it's probably not a good sign for him. Fifty percent. Well, you're also you're also <laughs> getting pretty down. You're also pretty harsh on like you know he did he did also check Barzal is that also could have led to parcel of the injury. The refs aren't calling any of these cross checks throughout the whole playoff, so I'm not as upset by it. it you know, it was yes, it's not the greatest look, but he effing hammered uh, him right in know. a spot where he certainly knew. There was no pack. Look, I'm no Islanders fan, but I, I'm not as upset by it. I'm also not as upset by their play as, as you are. Like, I, I'm sorry it's not the, the Penguins on a silver platter with their beautiful style of hockey, but it is what it is. Anyway, we're, I digress. I Just Telling you what's better. I, telling you what's better for the long-term future of the sport, and you as a Rangers I don't, fan I don't agree would that. do well to embrace 
that the, 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 the skilled teams are favored, I as I've told you. Keep cutting your nose to spite your face. Support this garbage, because guess what? The Islanders, wherever Trot or wherever Trotz lands, it will uh, he'll cross paths eventually with your blue shirts, and he'll shut you down I, and break your heart. I mean, Lou, and then I'm going to play this back for I don't you. agree with that. I mean, Lou just won <clears throat> best GM. I mean, the Canadians could advance as early as tonight to the, to the finals, and they wouldn't have made the playoffs in any other division, and all those skilled teams they had to go by, like the Knights, and then we saw the Avalanche fall. Whatever. We're getting away from the point. I, I think it's okay. The Islanders are a good team. Uh, but the, with the player props that I like in this one, Barzal two points a game six. He's usually leading their forwards in ice time, and I think in a game seven that Drotz is going to want to roll out their best player. So you're going to see a lot of heavier ice time minutes for guys in the top six. I like Barzal to score. He's clearly their best offensive player. If you want to argue and say Eberle, that's fine, but I like Barzell over half a point. And then the same with the uh, Lightning. Uh, Braden Point, I like him over a half a point. If you want to say Sorelli, who also was up there a nice time, that's fine too, especially in the absence of Kucherov. But uh, he's been their best player. They're going to have him on pretty much every power play shift on the you know the, the role of the top line, so I like them over half a point. So I like under five goals. I was getting a goal and a half, and I like uh, Point, and I like Barzal over half a point to score in Game 7. I'm throwing in, by the way, as a little bonus for those who like to live, not just survive. Game seven, Yanni Gord time. Gord goal. Gord goal in uh, big game seven. Put a little something on him. The odds will definitely be long and juicy for you. I'm just trying to process Spaghetti's process. Try, okay, <laughs> so uh, this game is going to be tight checking, going to be very low scoring. Yes. Take the under. Yes. But get the over for every individual player when it comes to points. <laughs> no, I think no, no, my, no, 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 my, what I'm it's saying is one-one going to overtime. But bet the over on every individual player points. No, it's a lame, it's a lame bet. But basically, what I'm saying is bet the over on the points of the best player on the top line. That's basically yes. what I'm saying because those they're going to be they're going to roll those out. Scored. They generally only award points when goals are scored. I, I think we'll see a large disparity between the top six forwards and the bottom okay. six forwards. And I All think right. the same thing with like Hedman and McDonough will have a half hour of ice time. The other defenseman will. That's what you're going to see in game seven. This is a this is a, just going to throw out this bonus pick. And it, and it this by the time you're hearing this, this may sound even dumber than it sounds as I'm saying it. But I, I looked at the Con Smythe odds today and oh, no. I... I the one that jumped out at me, Alex Petrangelo plus seven hundred. Okay, so obviously you're not going to win that award if you lose Game Six to the Canadians. But if you're looking at the Golden Knights reaching the finals, then it's like okay, they they have a legitimate shot at, at winning against whichever of those teams they play, and he's clearly been their best player. I mean, he's. He's been outstanding. So it, it to me, it's like you're you're getting plus seven hundred uh, on the guy that I think will definitely win that award if they if they raise the silver. That's a little people do this every year, though. I I know, but listen, if you're Braden Point and then he gets to the final and they win the cup and he pots, let's say three goals along the way, he'll be the Con Smythe winner. But it is not. Uh, it is not a cumulative award based on the four rounds. It's it theoretically is, but it almost always boils down to what happens in the final. So I, he's, I, I know I a lot of people points only plus 300, which is why, you know, but like, so yeah, he would be, uh, you know, carry price is a low number, you know, it, it, it makes sense, but I agree. And I, I wish it was more weighted toward the four rounds 
that you yeah, meet that you have to win. Like there, the the finals is not important if you sucked in round one and didn't reach it. Obviously, um, hey, real- if you get if you get a gargantuan point or goal total that over the course of four rounds, that does tend to lead to the con Smythe. But generally speaking, if you look at it through history, you'll see that it's the guy who performed best in the final that ends up getting that thing. Uh, what were you going to say? Hench? We got a few try. things we got to get to. Before okay. we got to go get, Hench has a lot on his plate today, and we still got to get to spaghetti and meatballs to hear Mikey meatballs uh, rejoice. Because spaghetti mentioned my least favorite player in baseball, uh, and I thought by this time he would be he would have been released the way he started the season. Gary Sanchez is just fucking on fire. He's hitting third. He's roping rockets. Like I don't know, I don't know how he figured it out. He was so lost. He was swinging and missing on 33% of fastballs in the strike zone. Like he couldn't hit a fastball strike to save his life. I remember I listened to you six yeah. weeks ago when you when, I, when you I, destroyed I, him yeah. with your monologue on this very I show. Predicted the end of his career. But uh, I have to tip my cap to, to Gary Sanchez. Almost every day I sprinkle a little bit on a ridiculous baseball parlay uh, that loses every day. I mean, obviously you're not going to, you're not going to hit check every box. And so, um, all I needed because the other two games had come in already, uh, all I needed was for the Yankees to beat the lowly shitty Royals yesterday, Wednesday, uh, to cash a, a nice, nice ticket. I was really like, now I also had the exact same situation when Eraldis Chapman got taken deep by by Nelson Cruz in Minnesota, like I I I lost with to this fucking piece of shit or all this Chapman once already. So then yesterday the, the Royals don't have any players. Like Mondesi and Benintendi are hurt. There's like this roster is triple A. Uh, Chapman starts doing his thing. Uh, loads the bases. First of all, they intentionally walked a guy to load the bases, which you should never do with Chapman because he can't throw strikes. They walk in the tying run, infield single. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to lose this fucking bet. But at least the Yankees are going to lose a horrible game. But the Kraken, Gary Sanchez, hits a two-out, two-strike home run to tie that game in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, And then they won it on Voight's double. But I was like very excited, finally, Gary Sanchez's uh, resurrection paid off for me, which will hook me back into doing the stupid thing of betting baseball parlays every day. Or you could just never bet on your arch rivals under any circumstance. Oh, I'm a and I'm a head head in the heart. In fact, I don't like I, that. That's I, bad. I, when when you talk about like when when Spaghetti was talking about his picks, like um, I do wonder, like, do you make your picks? My picks are often, um, what will the emotional process of watching this game be like if I place this wager versus this wager? You can hedge life, so, Hench. Yeah. You're trying to hedge you and your friends I like could. Sal and Simmons. You are, you're like, it helps me. It hedges emotionally is, is not the way to approach sports. You're all in. I, you should be. Most certainly hench my bets. But um, when Spaghetti said uh, plus – plus one and a half, I immediately went to the fucking emotional devastation of the empty net goal. Like you, you are setting yourself up for being, that's why you do it though. That's why it's a good bet. You're always in play. That's what's fun about gambling on hockey is that it's almost always comes down to an empty net or very often does. 
You're you're exactly right for 59 minutes and 48 seconds. You're the fucking man. You're cashing that check. He's like, oh my God. He was trying to ice the puck. It's in the net. I lost. Can't do it. Hey, Eddie Spaghetti, by the way, you have been keeping up with the NBA playoffs, right? I have. It's been awesome. Good. I know you've already bet on it. Your Knickerbockers lost. I'm sure you heard about that too. But new users, listen up here. Now is the perfect time to get in on all the action with FanDuel Sportsbook because during these conference finals, new users get up to 30 to 1 odds on any team to win their next game. That means you can win $150 on a $5 bet. Eddie Spaghetti, who are you thinking here? Before you lay it on me, let me tell you that... FanDuel, I talk about it all the time because it is the, it's a nice, easy app to use, quick payouts. I love the the uh, different promotions that you can do, um, same game parlays, but I really like this one. If you're a new user, 30 to 1 odds on anybody, make sure you do it at FanDuel.com slash minus three. Who's the one team you're picking to win their next game, Eddie Spaghetti? Look, if you're a new user, you have four teams left to pick, and I know the Hawks and Bucks just had a close one. To me, personally that's a super tough one to figure out uh both those teams are very evenly matched and you look at the other series between the suns and the clippers one team is getting chris paul back for game three and another team is not getting Kawhi leonard back for game three so with the suns already up two games to none the and they're adding back chris paul it is a no-brainer to me you got to take the suns here i just don't think the clippers are right they're without Kawhi leonard it, you talk about jenga piece he may be the jenga piece of all jenga pieces among the nba you got to ride with the Suns here. I know I'm not saying they're going to win in four, like the the fan said, but this is a team that's clearly better right now. That Kawhi Leonard and getting CP3 back is going to help tremendously. So bet the Suns. I agree. And if the Clippers somehow get back in their home building and get some energy off of that, and they somehow pull out Game Three, the Suns are still going to win Game Four. It, it, what's done is done. Yeah. How how long? It's diminishing returns. Paul George and and guys. Um, drop in 15 or 20 when they typically average in single digits. Come on, it's it's over with. Nice run, Clippers, but uh, bet the Suns. I like uh, where your head's at there. Well done, Eddie Spaghetti. FanDuel.com slash minus three. Um, all right, let's move. While well, we were back and forth between hockey and baseball, let's go back to baseball and Wander Franco. Um, it's exciting if you're a objective baseball fan, like I say that this new prodigy has arrived. But if you're a Red Sox fan, or for that matter, a Yankees fan, as the two of you are, this is the dawn of darkness for you. This is not good news that there's a, a stud who you have to go against. I guess last scene for me, it would be Lamar Jackson's explosion as a Steelers fan. Fun to watch, except that my team has to go up against him twice a year and battle against his team in the division. Let's uh, let's play a little superhero. I know Hench doesn't watch superhero movies, but um, in the Avengers movies, you've heard about oh, yeah. those, right, Hench? You're not so cool that you pretend you haven't heard of Avengers movies. There was a character called Thanos, and he can snap when he has all these jewels on his okay. mitt. Yeah, Eddie Spaghetti right. can get yeah. into the grid. I live on planet Earth. And he can snap yeah. away. Okay, I got okay well, yeah. there are a lot of people who pretend they know they've never heard about it. We're like, well, I don't watch those movies. Why would I know about that? I mean, all right, too cool for school people. Cut your nose to spite your face again. But Thanos snaps, half the world disappears. Let's say you have the power of the Thanos snap to make one guy disappear. 
from our divisions up in the Northeast. It could be any NHL, NBA, well, whoever you want there. Coach, whatever. Snap away somebody. I'll start with you, Kevin Hench. Because my consideration would, I, this would is kind of most, be Lamar I mean, Jackson. Like, I would say most people, and Spaghetti, I'm sure, in our brief uh, association would agree, like most people think, you know, I'm rough. Like I'm a fucking, I'm like, I'll fucking say something horrible. But like, you're asking me which guy I would like killed in the American League. No, they just disappeared. To, no, see, this that's why you don't understand. Like, that was, I'm like, I wish you knew about superheroes because as Spaghetti can tell you, you just go to an alternate universe. Isn't okay. that right, Spaghetti? Okay. You just exist well, somewhere okay. else until you get we, snapped back. Can we pretend the alternate universe is the National League West? So I don't feel like I'm yes, killing okay, a fine. fucking guy. No one, no one will no die, die from okay. your answer here. Okay. Okay. I can assure you. Well, then, uh, for me, uh, because even though I don't want the Rays to be be good for the next fifteen years, and it does drive me crazy that such you know that park, those fans, it's the same fans as the Lightning. Uh, it, it does drive me crazy that they just have an endless barrel of can't miss prospects that they can just ship Blake Snell out and reload. And then this Wander Franco uh, phenom is going to be great for a long time. But given my long history of psychological scarring, given this power, I would have to turn to the Bronx. And if I'm going to the Bronx to vanquish one person uh, out of the American League East, it would be Garrett Cole. That would be my choice. Not not, not the kid in Tampa Bay. Good, strong choice there. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? That's a really good answer. I was going to say. And M- Jake Gensel? And MLB, it would have to be. You can't, I think. Pitch- it should be Barry Trotz, Spaghetti. Picking a position player doesn't make any sense in baseball. It has to be a pitcher. I'm not sure if I'd pick a pitcher in baseball. Well, you're um, certainly not going to pick a Red Sox pitcher. Right. they all right. suck. Yeah, maybe. Maybe someone on the race staff. I'm, I'm trying to go, I, I mean, in terms of, like, which teams I think are t- are close to taking the next step, I think the two logical choices would be Dak for me because I think the Giants are right now clearly better than the Eagles. The Washington football team doesn't scare me at the quarterback position, and that's the most important position in football. So it's it's Dak there. If I think the Rangers are this close to the next step, and by all accounts from the Gerard Gallant press conference and what Dr- Chris Jury says, like, their playoffs are bust. I mean, I mean, is there a, uh, uh, I, well, the three guys are because we've talked about this over the months and I've settled on this in the East division. If you did an MVP for just, uh, our favorite division that includes the Bruins, Rangers and Penguins, I think you go Marshawn probably is the MVP. Although well, I, the, the I, I think actually you can make it, they're going to go, aren't they? I know, but I, I would say Crosby, Crosby, would, Crosby maybe gets it because of the lack of talent around him because of all the injuries, but Marshawn is like one a there, but I also think Pellick deserve. I mean, yeah, a dominant game swinging defenseman kind of, you might want to get rid of him spaghetti I, for the long, I could time. also preemptively, like the way my thought process is like if the Penguins are aging, like maybe it could be across your Latang. I probably wouldn't pick Malkin. The Flyers, not really sure what's what's up with them. And then uh, Islanders, again, they're more of like a uh, there's not one single star that's, that that stands out. Whereas the Devils, I can kind of like preemptively get rid of Jack Hughes to make sure he doesn't explode next year. So uh, between those two. But I think ultimately I'm going to go with. Dak, because if without Dak, I think the Giants are the clear-cut favorites to win the division. And once you get in the dance, who knows what happens there? Boy, there are a lot of good candidates in your world there, Spaghetti, because you could go Chase Young would be a good call there. Like I say, Barry Trotz. 
I'm kind of tempted to go with Barry Trotz myself. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I'll, I, I have to go. Lamar Jackson is in the conversation for me. Um, Marshawn, just because he's a loathsome guy, but not nearly as loathsome as Tom Wilson and sports would be way better if he evaporated into an alternate universe where his brand of living is, uh, is more acceptable. Um, and I guess I could go, it would be, a, th- this would be a long play, but Joe Burrow, because you guys buy the logic that it's going to be a good day. The Ravens as an organization will celebrate. The Browns as an organization will celebrate, as will their fan bases, when Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield get their inevitable long-term, big-time second contracts. But I think the people who really should celebrate are the Steelers and Bengals, correct? Because these guys, you can't let Lamar Jackson go. You have a bird in the hand. Same thing almost with Baker Mayfield, although I would let him play out his fifth year and really make him prove it before I 100% committed to that guy. But I think Lamar Jackson, dynamic enough that you need to make the commitment. But do you really see either one of those guys winning multiple Super Bowls given that they only hand out the one Lombardi at the end of every year? I don't think so. And their chances go down significantly once they consume 45 or $50 million of the, of the salary cap because they're not going to be able to have the complete rosters that they currently have, especially, I'm looking at you, Baker Mayfield. The roster will diminish once Baker inks that deal, and uh, I don't think he's good enough to carry a team. How say you, Hench? Well, I feel like I misunderstood the question. Maybe it was the Wander Franco setup. This was all sports? We could, we could, uh, no, I no, moved on. I moved on to another subject. I went I tangential there, you see? Was, we were just talking about I'm soloing on the alto sax I, now. Stick with Coltrane. If I can get man. rid of Josh Allen, I want to revise my Garrett Coltrane. Okay, you can go Jesus, Josh Allen. Sure, you can go Josh Allen. I didn't realize how much power we wielded. I also didn't know it was just multiple guys. You could just start naming lists of guys. I was giving my can. I was giving candidates out GMs, before I... Because yeah, now, right. now I'm <laughs> drunk with power. Now I also want to get rid of Red Sox that I can't stand. I want Marwin Gonzalez off the team. <laughs> Marwin Gonzalez hits a buck 90. Hey, but he plays a lot of positions. Yeah, he plays all of those positions below average. What what a great utility guy. He can't hit shit, oh. but he also makes a lot of errors in each of these positions. Yeah, I love this new power. Josh Allen is a good pick, but now that we're doing now that we're uh we're we're taking out our own I got got to get rid of the Nutting family. That'll clean things up. We sell now. The Buckos will will be gifted to Mark Cuban, and now the future is uh, much it's, brighter. It's, get get, and get back to and West I'm Virginia. changing to James Dolan. In oh my God! So. We're, we're <laughs> well, that's going to be that's your pick. That's we're fine. vanquishing billionaires. This power is unbelievable. I love it. Um. All right. So, but but yes, I I, I do think that that's the the I know people are excited. If you're a Ravens fan, Lamar Jackson negotiating at his own deal. It'll be interesting to see what turns out there, if it's a positive uh, development for players to do it. We've seen players negotiate their own deals. This is a massive one and will uh, will impact other QB deals. So that's one to watch. But Tom Brady, speaking of quarterbacks, MF, I'm sure you heard about this, uh, Hench. Um, he said, you're going to keep that mf to a GM who said, we're going to stick with the guy that we have rather than continue our pursuit of you in advance of the Super Bowl winning season that Brady had. 
And so we debated, Spaghetti and I, who, who could it be? Martin Weiss joined us earlier in this week, and he said he thinks it was the New Orleans Saints protecting Drew Brees. I don't think that he would MF Brees, but now our pal Jeff Darlington over now at ESPN seems to suggest that maybe it is that team. Who do you think it was? And by the way, if it's anybody other than the San Francisco 49ers, Eddie Spaghetti tragically just threw out, unsolicited, that if it is anybody other than Jimmy G and the Niners, he will not watch any New York Giants football games this season, which is a weird guarantee to make when nobody asked him to do it. But what's done is done. Well, first of all, Spaghetti is trying to paint himself into a corner where he doesn't have to watch Daniel Jones go 6-10. He's like, hey, I'm sorry, I can't watch. I made a bet. I I can't watch this, this not very good quarterback Fumble, yeah, fumble the ball every time he gets brushed. Um, okay, a couple thoughts. One, because I didn't, you know, these, I like the games. So these stories, I know we have to sustain the fucking 24-hour-a-day, you know, grievance mill. Uh, but I, I read, so I heard about the story. I saw your guys' tweets. And then I went and I read about it. And my first thought was like, Wow. Wow, Tom Brady is really trying to street it up for the guys in the barbershop. That was the first thought I had. Like, hey, we're I'm Tom Brady. I fit in in the barbershop with uh, with the fellas. I'm gonna I'm gonna swear. I'm gonna swear to be cool. Uh, so that the, the the use of motherfucker there seems gratuitous, but I would say this conversation coming on the heels because this would be right after Garoppolo had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Like, you can't, if you're San Francisco, it can't be Garoppolo. It, I mean, you, you, it's Good like point. you, at that point that this conversation allegedly took place, San Francisco thinks they're set at quarterback. They, they're not having quarterback concerns, whereas the Saints uh, know they're in the decline phase and would be just going – which one of these decline phases is is more rapid? And obviously, as we learned, Breeze's decline phase was was much more rapid. So I lean Breeze in this ridiculous argument. But um, but and, <laughs> I think it's also, a great argument. I also, love it. Um, I'm not sure in his in his effort to be super cool that the totally square Tom Brady is using motherfucker as an epithet like i mean i don't know like i i I don't i don't know that he was really uh disparaging a a fellow nfl qb in that moment but um i would say breeze i I, the saints knew they had a quarterback problem on the horizon there's no way after the 2019 super bowl run right that's what we're talking about garoppolo who was who San Francisco destroyed the Packers in the championship game. They're up 10 in the Super Bowl. Who's sitting there going like, we need a new QB? I know. I well also Mickey Loomis, you know, I I, I can imagine him on the phone. You're gonna stick with that MF, or maybe he didn't. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was gratuitous. You're gonna stick with Drew Brees. Have you watched him play lately? Mickey Loomis, it's interesting. I love the conversation, by the way, because this is what happens. It, it is um, relationship-based and everything. The, the, a lot of this does have to do with that. It's not just like football situation. It does, I, Mickey Loom is sort of gauging 
um, like, well, we should, we probably would have a way better chance of winning the Super Bowl, but it'll cost me the ability to walk down the street in New Orleans because I just purged Drew Brees, who is a hero for all of time. I, that, that kind of stuff fascinates well, me. Well, the, the risk reward um, thing too is like, you know, nobody thought we're going to win a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston. I mean, the Saints were close. So if Brady flatlines, if Brady's decline phase surpasses Breeze's and you and go seven and nine, you, yeah, you're you're going to have trouble walking down the street. Whereas, you know, in Tampa Bay, it was worth the, the risk. And by the way, a crazy risk. It's a crazy risk. This idea that this guy can just stave it off forever. It's so nuts how far beyond his expiration date the not eating tomatoes has carried this guy. I, I, I know we, we've stopped appreciating it. It's so preposterous. Here, here's, here's the trap that people have sucked even me into. And I, I, I don't want to celebrate Tom Brady. He seems like a nice enough fella in, in, in many ways. Seems like a good guy. You never hear bad about him from any teammate, which is, I guess, the first measure for any guy. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't think. Because as you start to like look through last season, the the emerging narrative is like, let's not give Tom Brady all the credit. That defense is what carried him through January. But let's also go back to where you just were there. I don't know why we're genuflecting to Tom Brady all Important. of a sudden. But anyhow. Never gets old. Um, Tom, I, we, we must not be so vapidly cynical about everything that happens within four minutes of the completion of the event that we don't. And I know that we celebrate Tom Brady plenty and have for 20 years, but still not enough celebration in my book for a team. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were completely irrelevant. They were absolute. I don't care who they had on their team. They were completely irrelevant. And then they won the Super Bowl. I mean, Tom Brady, as much as we can say, Hey, they don't have uh, those two live. They don't have Devin White and Levante David. There's no, yeah, I, I agree. But also Tom Brady won the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in one year. He went down there and they they, they ran the table. No, I, I had stuff. that, I yeah. had that Gordy Howe, Hartford Whalers hockey card his last year, you know, he's 53, right? Yeah, but that's I'm like, right. Yeah, but he's not winning the cup and the Conn Smythe award. Like Tom Brady has won the Super Bowl and MVP. So, uh, we, we, right, right, right. We celebrated whatever it was 15 years ago. Julio Franco can still hit home runs and he's in his mid forties. Wow. Yeah. Tom Brady can win a Super Bowl. It's like your favorite joke always about, uh, Brian, uh, your favorite, like sitting in the corner, yeah. Neil Armstrong eating a sandwich while everybody brags about their greatest achievements. And Neil Armstrong just, uh, just takes a little bite out of, out of the edge of his sandwich. Like, uh, I was the first man to walk on the moon. Yeah, you know, Tom Brady, uh, cheers to you. Now, the paradox of Brady is, of course, is that not me and maybe not even you now with your hobbled knee, but at least Eddie Spaghetti could beat the most accomplished football player in the history of people in a foot race. And so that's what trips us up. Is that like, how does he do it? He's, he's not standout in any regard. And that brings me to this. I think the thing that's so vexing, and Sal and I talked about this on Extra Points, and I'm curious for your thoughts, Hench. What is the one thing that a pedestrian sports fan could go out and successfully accomplish within a ball game? I say that I don't think it gets more basic than a free throw. I think that a ran I could go into a, an NBA game 
and shoot a higher percentage, even if I had to run laps to, you know, to um, mimic, you know, fatigue and everything. I could make free throws at a higher percentage than not just NBA players. Some of the very best of the 20. I could I could outshoot Ben Simmons, Shaquille O'Neal, and Giannis and consistently do that. Is there anything in sports that is remotely close to that, to shooting a free throw that we that the average person could outdo superstars well, in? The one thing that's not it's not athletic, so it's not exactly your your question. I mean, first of all, you're talking to a guy who set his high school record for free throw percentage. So obviously Paul George missed five free throws the other night. I missed six free throws my senior year, 54 for six. JV, JV, are you? They don't give you the school. They don't give you the school JV record. (laughs) Fucking, here are our JV records. Uh, No. So so, uh, 54 for 60, 90%. Um, So anytime I see a, a, I mean, a Ben Simmons, obviously that's, Ben Simmons, they should literally put a test pattern up on the, you shouldn't, we shouldn't be able to watch the Ben Simmons mental breakdown. That should not be televised. When he goes to the foul line, our screens should just become, please stand by. Uh, The NBA has determined we can't watch this while it happens. It's a psychotic break. Uh, The backboard also might break uh, as this guy just heaves he shoots that he's so defeated by when he gets to the line, the, the look on his face. But the thing that this is not this is not physical, but the one thing everybody's 12 year old can do better than every NFL coach is time management. It, it is it is fucking crazy. It is so nuts <laughs> that they don't have a designated guy standing next, you know, who's never played football, doesn't. But like. Um, coach, I, I know it goes again. You got to call timeout on defense here. They're going to punt. If you call timeout here, you're going to have a minute with the ball at the 50. If you, if you don't call timeout, you're going to have 12 seconds. So, Hey coach, you know, it, like over and over and over again. I mean, anytime you watch football with the guys, one of the games on the big screen is a coach fucking up the last two minutes of a half. So, so that's, that's sort of the mental equivalent of shooting free throws. Like, why can these 60-year-old men who spent their entire lives consuming and coaching football don't know when to call timeouts on defense, you know, that this team's going to score for sure. How much time do you want to have left? Which, and I know you and I agree on this, uh, Belichick's brilliance with the Malcolm Butler play, n- not so brilliant if, if you talk to the uh, supercomputer. no. The plan is well, to leave ourselves I, no time. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Don't you see? I was getting in Pete Carroll's head. Wow. I knew okay. he would choke, please. How, how, how duped can you be, Patriots fans? Yes. Hey. Well done there, Hench. And we have to throw the addendum on there uh, that now apparently we need an assistant standing next, next to Coach Bud to say to Brooks Lopez, hey, here are how many seconds left, and we do not want the ball to stop Two down seconds on the shot clock. Not time for a lot of passes. Uh, real quick to that Super Bowl. I'll bring it back to current times. But so Belichick's watching that Seahawks Super Bowl. And this is where he is brilliant. And he says, wow, Kyle Arrington does not have it today. Kyle Arrington is getting whipped. He can't cover his man. And they have figured out 
that that he can't cover his man. So a guy we've never heard of, Malcolm Butler, is on the field at the end of the game to make the most memorable play this side of James Harrison in Super Bowl history because the coach was watching the game. Okay, Quinn fucking Snyder watches the Jazz blow an entire 25-point lead. Rudy Gobert can't cover anybody. Tyron Lue has put five shooters on the court. They're going to spread it out, and they are going to shoot a, a, a three every possession unless you guys can close them out. And this big, clumsy French doofball can't close anybody out. Like, he can't get to anybody. He's He can't recover. He can't – and it's like, hey, Quinn Snyder, uh, uh, coach of the year finalist, you, you, uh, you got to get that guy off the fucking court. He can't cover anybody. He let him play 42 minutes. Rudy Gobert was a minus 24. Derek Favors played six minutes and was plus 12. Now, he's not a he's not fast, but he's not quite as lumbering as Rudy Gobert. Quinn Snyder stood with his arms folded on the sideline as a 25-point lead evaporated, and you see it over and over and over again. Doc Rivers, like, are you watching the game? Are you going to make an adjustment? Are you like they just they just go, here's my rotation, here's what we're going to do, and nothing that happens on the court is going to affect my non-plan. Like, it's shocking how bad... I get it, but now see, right as you're about to leave now, see, you open up a fascinating subject, because I am, I'm generally speaking a dance with who brung you guy and you look spastic in the in the final moments of what could be the end of your season if you start going against what got you there i also though in 1992 in the bottom of the ninth in fulton county stadium when the buckos were clinging to a two nothing lead against the the braves doug drabeck with a gem but just couldn't hold on for the for the ninth to close it out and they had Stan Belinda in there. And that was that. That was their guy. That was their closer for better or worse. And I said, put Tim Wakefield in. They can't hit him. They can't hit him. And now, you don't get baseball, Dave. I was told in the moment by diehard Buckos fans, you don't get it. You don't do that. He could there could be a pass ball, and that they haven't done that all year. And I'm like, yeah, but how about the last few games? The Braves haven't put a bat on one pitched ball from Tim Wakefield. Put him in and it's on to the World Series. Who cares about convention? I'm very conflicted but, about this subject. I get why you would be friendly to Belichick's passionless approach after the Patino speech of uh, Mikhail and the Chief ain't walking through that door of, of staying too long football, with something. It is a, I, I, I hear again, you. Again, it's why we love it the most. Football requires the most in-game adjusting, like watching what is happening, who's getting whipped, who can block their guy, who can cover their guy. Do we have to roll a double team over? Can we bring the safety down into the box? You have to watch the game. And, you know, these other sports, Terry Collins, you're going to just ask Matt Harvey how he feels? Like, what the fuck? You're the manager. What is going on? You, these abdication, Quinn Snyder, by the way, don't come to the arena. If you've already got your game plan and nothing that happens on the court can change that, feel free to, to zoom. Just zoom in for the game. Uh, the guys know when they're going to go play their three minutes. And even if the Clippers are raining holy hell from three-point land, Terrence Mann is just knocking down short corner three after short corner three while Rudy Gobert gets halfway out to him. Like, it's not – he's not even contesting these shots. And it's like, hey, Jazz fans, your season's over. Why? 
oh, your coach did nothing while first you were taking water, then it was rising up to your waist, then it was getting up to your chest. We're going to drown unless we make an adjustment. Dance with who brung you. Dan- defensive player of the year. Defensive player you. of the year can't guard anyone on the court, Quinn Snyder. Wow. Here's the great news, Hench. Here's the good news for for Jazz fans. Their now exposed, limited, uh, alleged defensive player of the year is back on a max deal next year. Good luck. Um, So let's let Hench go. He's got to go. But I want to tell you that if it's not the free throw, it's an intentional walk is the correct answer. I think we could successfully intentionally walk a batter, but I don't think that would be as well, easy now, as people think it would. Well, be. Now That's hard. Just, That's 60 you feet. You got to do it. Now you just go four fingers. That I can do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, Phil. That's true. See you next week. All right, Hench. Thoughts and prayers with the uh, with the knee surgery. Um, uh, go get them there, and uh, thanks as always. The great Kevin Hench, everybody. All right. Oh, I didn't notice you were tank-topped until just now, Eddie Spaghetti. Good for you. Um, what are your thoughts on that before we get into spaghetti and meatballs and uh, meatballs review of a singular night in his sports fandom I'm, there up in the Coliseum? I'm prefacing this because I hate I hate this kind of stuff. Like the guy that tweeted, I could luck into a home run. Like I'm so against that. I've, I've worked at the NFL yes. and other sports. I've seen professional athletes. I am not a professional athlete. I don't care if you played high school sports or peewee sports or even college sports. It's not the same thing. So I'm prefacing with that. But uh, I happen to be good at uh, long snapping. So it's another one. Oh, even with pads, pads, long snapping on a punt, on a on a field goal. uh, I could do it. But then that only the snap only. And I'm not engaging in a block. I'm not running downfield for a tackle like none of that other stuff could would be good for me. Health wise, I would get I would get destroyed. But in terms of the, but you'd have to maintain. You'd have to continue. You'd have to complete the play. I would. I think that's I would part snap of the deal. And lie you'd down. have to. I would literally snap okay. and lie down. I would not. I'm not gonna. I know that the NFL doesn't allow. And same for college. There's no. I believe there's. Oh, maybe no. I'm wrong. Uh, college is that way. But I, the pros, I think you could line up head on a snap on a long snapper. I mean, the minute that the you know the nose tackle would engage with me, I would be just I would be lit up. Um, You're not even allowed to strike him anymore, right? I think You're not allowed rules. to. Yeah, I'm, I, I get confused. Between so I think you'd be safe. Pro, um, I know college, you can't line up on, on the head, but I would I would try to snap it, and then I would just use the momentum and just fall down, and then I would like lay there until the play was happening, and then I would kind of jog slowly to see where the uh, you know like the punt return, or the you know whatever it was, or hopefully the field goal was good. There's no field goal return because that would be awful. So that's another underrated one. E- everything else would be the the free throw for me would be tough. Like you, you know, especially on the second uh, the second foul shot when you know that the minute the ball like hits the rim or whatever there the defenders and the, everyone's jumping in there these you know seven footers and with the the crowd you know screaming at you and it's just it is uh nothing in baseball hockey there's no way i i, I could skate but not as well as they it, it would be everything is harmful oh i'd much rather as for the for the record i never was put on the line maybe i was actually i think i was once at the end of a first half on the line and they and for whatever i think it was you know the buzzer had gone and so they pulled the guys that's worse that's like having to catch a a, a long bomb with the defender having fallen down and you're all alone i'd rather have the guys um a, a, a alongside of the box instead of um 
instead of standing there by myself. I, I have another one just popped in my mind, too, that if we know ahead of time, say you're playing the outfield, not a fly ball, but say you know that like a ground ball like gets through the middle infield and just like a slow roller to the outfield, and there's no one on base, so the guy is going to be a quick single. All you have to do is scoop it up and hit the relay man in a throw. I think I could do that. I'm Now, see, I'm really thinking about this, and people will laugh. I'm sure I couldn't lag putt better than a PGA golfer. But if you then again, specific to Western PA courses where the where the where the greens are cut like glass, the ball is greased lightning out there. If you touch it, if there's any sort of warm-up period on a Thursday, uh, you know, at Oakmont or wherever, one of the the great courses there, I could maybe let I was very good around the greens. That's something that the old man taught me. Uh, how to be i don't know if i you'd want me chipping for you although i can i can hit a flop shot like a mother you wouldn't believe it like if i have to pitch it over a a a trap and land it and i only have about 20 feet before the hole 20 feet worth of green i'm pretty i'm i'm weirdly adept at that someone showed me a trick for that when i was a kid and i really mastered that if nothing else in the uh, in the game of golf all right listen did you think that this was a good episode before we jump into spaghetti and meatballs here, Eddie Spaghetti? I love this one. Did you enjoy it? I, I, I did. I thought it was good, I too. Did. It's always fun with uh, with Hench. We always have a nice time. We we have some laughs. We provide some deep insights about the sports fan experience. And on all four major sports, along too. With us. I mean, that's that's something that cancel a lot of podcasts do. Deep dive, NHL, MLB, NBA, and NFL. So kudos to us. All right. If you didn't get enough hockey talk, guess what? Here comes a little bit more from a man who was eyewitness to a gigantic Islanders win, perhaps even the biggest Islanders win since the glory days of the early 80s. It's time for a very special edition of Spaghetti and Meatballs. Muzzle tub to you, Mikey Meatballs. We are back. Another edition of Spaghetti Meatballs. Eddie Spaghetti here with Mikey Meatballs. Him and Parlay Kid were at the game last night, game six. Uh, and they, they did it. They got it done. You guys were the catalyst. There will be a game seven, which I did predict. So uh, props to me. But uh, let's just rewind it for everyone who may have not had a chance to listen to the latest. What was it on uh, Extra Points where uh, Cousin Sal was, I guess, uh, playing the role of Santa Claus a little early and yes. got you uh, some some tickets there. So I'll let you uh, drive the ship from here. But yeah, so Sal got you tickets because uh, you do live on Long Island. So quick Quick skip, you know, and a jump over to the uh, the old Coliseum uh, to attend Game Six in person, and, and then so the choice was you had to pick somebody, right? Like you had you were given two tickets, and uh, and then everyone was yelling at you. Obviously, got to bring your dad, but then everyone's like, "Oh, you bring a you know brother, sister, friend." So you uh, let let it fill us in of what your your process uh, was to decide who goes with you. So I asked my dad. I asked Parley Kid first, um, and then he said, "I would love to, but take your brother." So oh, I put wow. in the uh, I put in the sibling group chat. I am one of five, so it's uh, it's kind of a mess. A lot of so, options. You could you could pretty much field your own team. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so we I, I said, listen, I have two tickets. You gotta you gotta figure it out. Who wants to go? But then Parley could text me saying, I'm just gonna get three other tickets so you guys can all go. Wow. So, and then what actually happened after that? Was I had a friend who does business with uh, 
Coliseum, you know, whatever his work. And it was just so happened to be his turn to get tickets for the game. And so he had two extra one and he is a Sabres fan. So he had no interest in going. So I had two extra tickets and everyone was happy. That is uh, something else. Like, like I said, I, I think I said it last week that no, nobody seems to want to go to these games. I think it's just they're just you know showing up everywhere. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm busting your chops. It looked like it was a, a great environment there. So let's go to the game now. Well, obviously your seats, and I, I, I think you you might have posted on the minus three account. Oh, the extra points account. Sorry, if everyone's following there at extra points pod. Um, they they posted some really really funny videos of uh, of Parlay Kid there uh, screaming in the phone. Obviously during the before the overtime, then after the winner. But uh, I just did the Tarantino there, giving you guys the what the final result. So let's go back to the beginning of the game. So uh, first goal, Braden Point scores one nothing mm-hmm. Tampa. Sorelli scores 2-0 Tampa right there at that point in the second period before Eberle's goal. I know it wasn't that far apart. What was your mindset? I know you're pretty always you're always calm, but did it did it creep in at all? Like, all right, this is it. This is the last game of the Coliseum. It's two nothing. Like, do you not feel? I know Brother Brian mentioned too that he he thought the game was over at that point. Um, but how are you? How was how was PK feeling at that point? We were okay. I, I you know I checked out the live line. It was they were plus eight fifty on the money line after being down two nothing, which is. It's a pretty decent price uh, you could get on them. And me and Parley Kid were saying the, the whole time, you know, if they just get one, they're going to they're gonna win this game. Sure. And obviously you need goals to win. You need to have more goals than the other team to win. Mm-hmm. But it was that first goal that I think really set the Coliseum off and it, it kind of did it for them. They, they, got, they got rolling after that because we felt the Islanders played their style of game the whole time. The You know, the lighting just happened to be up 2 nothing. They were... Yeah, I, you know, Kudrov came out of the game. Uh, they had the penalty, the five on three, and they couldn't score. And the Coliseum just wanted to go crazy. And eventually, so when they got that first goal, it was there was kind of some pressure relieved. And then, you know, they ended up tying it up. And at, once they tied it up, and then there was a breakaway. Oh, not really a breakaway, but Zekas had a shot where Vasilevsky didn't really save it cleanly. It kind of hit off him and rolled away and he covered it up. And I, I looked at Parley Kid and I said, Vasilevsky's done. The Islanders are winning this game because he just looked shaky and eventually it happened. I, I think, I do think the Coliseum got to his head. I think, uh, you know, Hedman and Stankos were also a little bit rattled after the game, especially, you know, after the, uh, the FU Stankos chance after, after the second period, I don't think they liked it. Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned, Everly scores, one, then Mayfield gets the equalizer. Mayfield in a bit of hot water, and you could obviously jump in on this, but I know that, so Nikita Kucherov was the big story of this game. Um, he left after one shift, the thing, they only played like 40-something seconds. And I know he had uh, looked a little bit of a cross-check by Mayfield. I know he also did make some contact trying to check, uh, I think it was Barzal, and he left the game, and his status right now at the time of this recording is 10.30 Pacific time on Thursday. Uh, unsure if Cooch is going to play in Game 7, and I know like you know, a lot of the, the, the teammates, I know after the game, Stamkos and Hedman you know, and Cooper even said, you know, it'll be another opportunity for somebody else on the team if he can't play. It doesn't look really good. Uh, a lot of the NBC analysts are saying Game 6 is an elimination game. If he was even 50%, he would have been you know, back on the ice. Um, do you think that Mayfield's hit kind of ruins his uh, his equalizer, his goal, no. or do you think it was just part of the game? Do you think maybe it was more of the Barzal hit? And uh, obviously, as uh, an Isles fan, you must feel pretty good 
going into game seven without, you know, their current best player. I mean, Mayfield, Mayfield had a great game. He's been, I think he's been very good all playoffs. And I, I think that only makes all fans like him more because of what happened, but they haven't called it. They, I mean, Tampa fans are complaining. Everyone who's not an Islander fan has been complaining. Oh, Islanders dirty team. They're getting away with all this stuff. They haven't called those cross checks all playoffs, and they don't call them. They don't call them ever. Am I right on that? I mean, how often yeah. do they call those cross checks? You know, against the boards and whatnot. It, it never gets called. So if you were to call that game, if you were to call that a penalty, that's just the refs, you know, taking into their own hands. And uh, but I, I, you know. The, re- the officiating has been bad this playoffs. I will say that, but they they never call those cross checks, and it wasn't super dirty. Like it wasn't something you know blatantly. Oh, he's trying to kill him. Like he just gave him a you know a hockey cross check. That's that's what they do. Yeah, and I uh, you know during the game there was a point too where the we always talk about on this show that the Isles make you play their style of hockey, and because because they're. Their forwards, you know, they they play both ways and they're just really well coached. But there was a point where I was like, wow, I, I think obviously it was texting Hench and and, um, and Sheck. I wasn't texting you. They didn't want to bother you during your either moment of crisis or moment of joy. But you guys were out shooting them, I think, like seven or eight yeah. shots you were ahead of them by. And like they just the lighting did not look like themselves, which is, you know, obviously I could have been because of no Kucherov or it could have been because uh, you just the defensive setup was just not really allowing them to get good looks. So it was a game where the Islanders, like you said, they did play really, really well. They were pretty much in control of that game. And then, like, you know, overtimes go. Either you're going to score a goal in the first minute or it's going to last for two, three. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go on forever, Um, which is kind of why in the next game, in game seven, uh, Isles getting a goal and a half. Love that. It's going to be a tight game. And the over-under right now is at five. Again, it could change. Uh, I I think they're going to play very, very, very – both teams very conservative – just very super like restricted and not a lot of chances because everyone's going to play with a tight butthole because they don't want to give up any kind of, you know, it's the same thing as like NFL, NFL playoffs and everything. You don't want to, you don't want to make a mistake. You want to just play super, super safe. And I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think that, and, and the Islanders getting a goal and a half, the game will most definitely be within one. I do not see a blowout in this one, but um, yeah, that's my little preview going uh, ahead. But yeah, I, I mean, Hey, after that, that quick goal, in, in overtime, you you must feel pretty good going forward in, uh, into a Game 7. Yeah, well, if if that's your analysis, if you think it's going to be a, a tight, close game, don't you think that benefits the Islanders in terms of their style of play? I actually do. So, I do yeah, 100%. So. Losing, losing Kucherov, lo- lo- the momentum shift, lo- uh, losing in overtime, the fact that the Islanders, it wasn't a game the Islanders lucked into. The Islanders played a really good game. Like, uh, this is, you could argue, this might have been their best overall mm-hmm. game uh they've they've i've seen them <clears throat> because they dominated they don't they played really well defensively they scored when they needed to i mean it was a, they they played a physical game uh i yeah i mean i said it was going to go seven i i thought the lightning were going to win in seven but losing kucherov and losing the in the fashion they did in game six i you you should feel pretty good yeah i, I mean if the Oz, like I said, if they if they can get one and then get two or one or two, if they get one or two goal lead and they can just play their style of hockey and keep it close and, and just you know no whistles, keep it out of the zone, just a lot of neutral uh, neutral zone play, it, you know it benefits their style. I don't. It, all the pressure's on Tampa here. They got they they have to go out and they have to defend sure. their home ice, and, and in order to repeat their Stanley Cup appearance. So. The Islanders, like I said, Trotz is going to have them ready. They'll just play their style, and I, I think it's just going to come down to 
getting getting one goal. I, I think that, like you said, the plus one and a half is going to be the difference. And I think if the Islanders can get the lead first, I know I, I say that every time, but uh, I, I think the first goal is definitely going to have to be the big, you know, that's the big, that's the big starting point for the Islanders. Getting that first goal away, uh, silence the, the already quiet crowd that's in Tampa. I, I think that will that will be all right. Um, It'll be then, full of half of blue and orange jerseys anyway. Yeah, I, I know. Well, Tampa also has a dress code. I don't know if you've seen that too. You can't see. Oh, yeah, they do. They do enforce. You're wearing that, an yeah. Islanders jersey, but um. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. That's that's my breakdown. I think getting a first goal will be important, uh, and then just just play their style. I think that's what they'll, they'll try to do, and especially if Kucherov's not in there, it's it benefits the Islanders. So you know, game seven could happen. I know there's a scary stat where Tampa doesn't lose back to back, but this past game the streak was broken of the team that scores first wins. Uh, Tampa scored first, and Islanders ended up winning. So. Uh, there, it's game seven. Anything can happen. Uh, everything goes out the window. Playoff hockey, NHL game seven. So, uh, you know, I'm riding with the Islanders again. Got to gotta do it. Is there any – so you like the Golden Islanders getting the golden half. Uh, yeah. Is there mm-hmm. any other player props? I know Barzell, I think, had uh, a deuce. Uh, everybody with the timely goal. Bavillier, obviously, with the – is there someone you like uh, in terms of player props in game seven? Uh, I think Barzal over half a point is always a solid bet. I, I don't think I it'll be more than minus 130, so I think there's good value there. Uh, Palmieri, maybe to score a goal. Uh, you probably get in the plus 300 range over half a goal. He's close. He, he's been very close. He's just missing the net. Eventually, he's got to put one in, I, I think, Uh well, like I said, I don't know how, how many of these, these player props you want. I, I think if I were to pick one, it'd have to be Barzell over half a point. I think that'd be the most what I'm confident in, um, considering if it's a tight game, you don't know how many scoring chances they're going to be. So, On the flip side of things, do you think Braden Point continues his uh, point streak? Uh, it's going to be an ultra-low scoring, one nothing Isles victory. No, I, I, I wouldn't – well, I'll put it this way. I wouldn't bet against – him i wouldn't i wouldn't take the under on it that's uh that's yeah. for sure he is well that's why also tampa has no excuses without kucherov too because you know you still have stamkos point and and Hedman, who are you know three of the top nhl players so they gotta they gotta uh, figure it out for themselves so you you mentioned off air quick uh we could to put a bow on this that it was the gr- single greatest uh sporting event that that you've ever been to yes it, it was the, I've been to a bunch of good ones, but this I think is at the top of the list, uh, especially at Nassau Coliseum final season. And it was the loudest. I, I say this every time uh, I've gone to a game this season. It is the loudest place I've ever been in. And yesterday I think tops it off by being the loudest place I've ever been in. It, it was the equivalent. I don't even know to go into a, a, 30,000 person concert and standing right next to the speakers and just, yeah, you know, yeah. listening to the music. So uh, it, it, it doesn't get any better than it was. I uh, no, I have to say again, uh, and, and props to, to cousin Salvador. And that was an awesome thing that he did. And I was glad that you ended up getting tickets for your, your whole family. I was talking to my friends like, man, I wish that was my boss uh, getting his tickets. And what a, what a great move by him. And uh, yeah, but it, it, it's an asterisk though, because it's the greatest sporting event you've been to. 
potentially until the next round if you guys do advance yes. and then your whole entire family has to you know like get in the the the, the tour bus uh to get to the coliseum uh to see them take on potentially the canadians or something that then 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 we'll see what the, the greatest sporting event is but i will say there's something about an overtime thriller finish that still may make it more exciting just because you know it's an elimination game yeah uh and then and then being able to stay alive that's something that the intensity of that is is definitely special but anything else you want to add or or we'll see uh next week when you guys are advanced uh, all i have to say is let's go Islanders. get it done all right it sucks i don't like the islanders they've hurt my feelings many many times but i guess i'm happy for our pals so Good luck to them in Game 7. Good luck to you with all your bets. One more reminder, fanduel.com slash minus three. Bet along with us or fade us. Whatever your pleasure, we'll be back after the weekend to break it all down for you and project ahead. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>